0: Hey there, everybody! Happy Wednesday to you all, and welcome to Take the Black Live. I am Kayla Canaram, alongside Dan Selke, our Winter Is Coming.net editor-in-chief. It's been a busy week for you.
1: It has. It's been a fun week. What's happening? We are here to talk about all things Game of Thrones, all things the Song of Ice and Fire, go through the news, uh, give our takes, our analysis, and interact with you guys. Thanks, everybody, for watching. Hey, David. Hey, Emma. Hey, Julie. Hey, Dan. Hey, Michael Douglas. The Michael Douglas. Michael public Douglas. <laughs> Hey, Renee. Thanks for watching everybody. Today we have a nice plate of news for you because as always, things are happening in the Game of Thrones set and it looks like things are beginning to wind down. We have a question. The main question for you today is, how far is the Game of Thrones production willing to go to fool us into thinking that things are happening that aren't happening? Pretty far. You think? They're tricksy. They're tricksy over there.
0: If you're flying characters in, to purposely throw us off. That's that's taking it far, yes?
1: I think it's beautiful though. Anyway, <laughs> l- let's talk about what's happening. So by the way, hello from Orlando, Kathleen. You'll be in you'll be in Florida pretty quick. I will,
0: I'll be in Florida next week.
1: You'll be gone next week. I will. But we will we will we will soldier on without you somehow. <laughs> okay. In Florida. Anyway, um, the big news this week is still what's happening in Seville, Spain, mm-hmm. where they are filming scenes at the nearby ruins of Italica, which is the dragon pit, which is where they all met last season. And everyone's turning up in Seville, the city itself, Mm -hmm. Uh, to the point where it's gotten really conspicuous. Like, again, this is a cast of a TV show, notorious for keeping things under wraps. And suddenly everyone's walking around Seville, taking pictures of themselves and signing things with fans. Selfies with
0: fans. Which is
1: cute. It's very cute. It's very nice. I'm jealous. Um, Of the fans or of the stars?
0: Of the fans. Getting pictures with the stars. (laughs) Me too. It'd be fun. That would be great for IG.
1: Instagram. Yes. Okay. Great.
0: <laughs> Bump up those likes.
1: But the point exactly. But The point <laughs> is, there are a lot of them in Seville. I'm going to read off a list of who's gathered in the same city, which means they could be in the same scene, but probably not because of reasons. Okay, we got Kit Harington. We got Isaac Hempstead Wright, which is Bran, Sophie Turner, Sansa, Maisie Williams, Arya, Liam Cunningham, Davos Seaworth, Conleth Hill, Varys, Jacob Anderson, Grey Worm, Gemma Whelan, Yara Greyjoy, John Bradley, Sam Tarley. Lena Headey, who plays Cersei, Peter Dinklage, who plays Tyrion, out of Nikolai Koster-Waldau, um, who plays uh, Jamie, <laughs> Gwendolyn Christie, who plays Brienne, Joe Dempsey, who plays Gendry, Vladimir Furtick, who plays the Night King, Lino Fascioli, who plays uh, Robin Aaron, Tom Wallastraha, who plays Jack and Hagar; Faye Marseille, who plays pronunciations. the pronunciations. I've had practice. And finally, showrunners runner Benioff and Dan Weiss. All of these guys have been sighted in Seville, milling around, being conspicuous and the question we have a picture of them i think like a lot of them attended a soccer match between real madrid cf and seville fc you a soccer fan Kaylin?
0: i enjoy it i don't really keep up with it
1: check them out see everybody gathered again it's fun like a lot of them all stand in their type cast field trip it is it's totally a cast field trip but the, the, the question is, is, is this happening because they're all really here to film stuff? Look
0: at Peter. I love him.
1: Why? Because <laughs> he looks, he's not smiling.
0: <laughs> is he wearing a
1: do-rag? Um, either that or a cap. I can't see from over here. And a, you know, child-sized beetle shirt? Paper.
0: I'm not really sure what's going on there. But <laughs> I just love him.
1: Is Peter Dickens wearing a do-rag? Weigh in. We'd love to hear your thoughts. <laughs> and hello from Mexico, says Jocelyn. Hello. Hello from Dairy City, says Catherine. I'm not sure what it is, but the point is they're all there together at a soccer march being conspicuous, and the question is, are they really here to film something, or are some of them here to film something, and some of them are just here to, I don't know, attend a rap party as plants just for fun? Oh, a wrap
0: party. That's mm. possible. Who will, who's not there?
1: Okay, that's a good question. Who isn't... Well, first, let's get through, before we get to that, um, the reason I think some of them are plants. Okay, yes. Okay, so some of the folks showing up here are weird, like... It makes no sense that they're near a filming location. Such as German actor Tom Wallaceha, uh, who plays Jack, Jack and Hagar, Hagar, who, you know, is famously talks talked to the third person is the faceless man, taught Arya. Last we saw him, Arya was leaving the House of Black and White in season six. We haven't seen him since. Even he's out there posting really obvious selfies with fans on the streets. There he is right there, looking good, leaning back, not the best angle, but it's the that it counts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is a picture i would delete
1: i mean but you know it, it's for the fans it's
0: for the fans so as
1: long as you're comfortable with yourself but yeah he's out there and just i i don't see jack and hagar coming back for season 8 it makes little sense much less and the...
0: typically when these stars are in town mm-hmm. they're trying to lay low yes oh
1: yeah like these you know th- th- this is the same production that um tried to keep a secret that Kit Harrington was even in season six because he died at the end of the last one. And they True. were trying to keep it under wraps. And now everyone's just out there being all, you know, hippity-hoppity-lovey-dovey with the fans. I made up those words. But the point <laughs> is that they're out there being conspicuous.
0: Could it be because it's the final season? They're kind of like, what the heck?
1: It could. I mean, it could just, uh, you know, what are they going to do at this point? It feels orchestrated to me, though. Do it, it for me, the though. fans. I mean, they haven't been doing this the rest of the season. We've had to sneak uh, stray photos of them ducking around corners like usual. Right. And now they're out there. So I think some of them are here just to throw fans off. Jack and Hagar being one of them. It's really kind of a tip. Like, why would we even bother? <laughs> and Faye Marseille, who plays the waif, who was the girl Arya kills in season six, even more of a giveaway because she's kind of a minor character. I don't know why she'd be back. But. Wait, she's back? She's in Seville. Remember her?
0: But didn't she die?
1: Oh, she definitely died. Arya peeled off her face, put it on a wall. <laughs> that
0: confirms. And I then, guess. like, left. Uh, that's what I thought. So, why is she there?
1: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Throw us off.
0: This is the thing, the same show that would write fake scripts, right?
1: I mean, that was in some case they were photographed. But, yes, Game of Thrones. The point is, this does a lot to obscure things. So the fact that they're things. flying
0: in characters to just mess with us. Although, wouldn't it wouldn't really surprise me.
1: It wouldn't surprise me at all, either. Although, I, I will say, one of the arguments against for the waif is that Arya, you know, she can't swap faces now. Maybe she's just wearing the face, and they need the actor for that.
0: Even more creepy. But I doubt
1: it. But who knows? What do you guys think? Do you think we're being punked here? Is Game of Thrones pulling a fast one on us? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. You don't do? And Renee, Renee just says we might see everybody coming back from the last season. Why I'm not? Kinda, I'm
0: with Renee. Because
1: they're dead, Renee. Because they can't come back.
0: Okay, but with that whole like scenario, is mm-hmm. it possible to come back from the dead?
1: I mean, as we've seen, yeah. But they do it pretty sparingly. It's also possible for Arya to just wear whoever she wants. So, you know, even though the waif might not come back, Arya might wear her face so they, they would need the actress. It's a possibility. It okay. just feels a little much and force <laughs> to me
0: i'm with renee i, I smell would love a rat i would love all the characters to come back for it one would be final kind of fun reunion
1: gracie blue maybe they're doing some flashbacks sing i don't know what the sing means but or maybe there's some flashback scenes which would oh. be fun i doubt it though because again they never do flashbacks they're very good about that i really like that by the way mm-hmm. like i'm watching westworld and some other high quality shows i feel almost like feel like flashbacks are a bit not a crutch but a. Uh, it's so easy to kind of do that to explain to yourself i thought the game of thrones keeps it straightforward yeah it always has it had one flashback its entire run and let's keep that going <laughs> but we're not sure and maybe we can glean any more from people who are not there okay Because so everybody's there just if they're not there does that mean they're just not going to film anything because there's people poor people who aren't there too such as Amelia clark who plays daenerys Nathalie Emmanuel, plays Missandei. Ian Glenn, who plays Jorah. Jerome Flynn, who plays Bronn. Anton Lesser, who plays Half Thor Helius Björnson, who plays The Mountain. That was right? good. That was good.
0: It was right through that one.
1: I'm very proud of myself. Now I'm stopping, so it doesn't count. <laughs> Rory McCann, who plays The Hound. Daniel Portman, who's Podrick. Christopher Hijvu, who plays uh, Torment. Richard Dormer, who's and Dargan. Hannah Murray, who's Gilly. Carice Van Hooten, who's Melisandre. Alfie Allen, who's Theon. And Pilo Asbeck, who is Euron. So plenty of folk aren't there are we to think that they don't make it this far into the season or that they're just,
0: do most, their characters die? Most of those characters are ones that are kind of always on the run. They're not really yeah. ever set at one place, I feel like. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> just an know. observation. I, I, yeah, I can hear
1: you. I mean, the, the other thing is we don't know what they're filming here. I've talked about maybe it's the final scene of the series. It's possible. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, just because an char- tr- actor isn't in the city doesn't mean they can't. Your character can't survive and just, you know, be doing other things during that final part. Game of Thrones is a show where it follows all kinds of different threads all over the place.
0: Or what if they're in town and just haven't been photographed?
1: That's true. Gemma Whelan kept a very low profile because she, she had, like, her kids in town didn't want to get swarmed. Okay. But we saw her anyway. Who knows who else we were missing? Anyway, that's where we stand on that. <laughs> what an intriguing... Uh, Kathleen thinks they're probably punking us. I agree. I would say. Uh, Deirgeny thinks it might be for flashbacks of where Draken will help Arya in the end game. That'd be fun. I would like that. And Megan points out, it's true. The wave's face is on the wall, so it could be used by a faceless man. It's possible. Uh, I just can't see them bringing the faceless man into it this late in the game, but never say never on a show that involves dragons and zombies and et cetera, and et cetera.
0: And he kind of gave me the heebie-jeebies, so I wouldn't be surprised if he just showed back up one day to freak Arya out. It's
1: possible. He was a kind of a benevolent gentleman at the end, though. Yeah. He, he, he helped Arya become the, the murderer she is today. He
0: looked out for her at the beginning, but then in the middle, it, things got weird.
1: Things that get weird. But, I mean, it's the the life is weird sometimes. <laughs> anyway, one person we are a little more clear on, although still not entirely, <laughs> is uh, Sophie Turner, who plays Sansa Stark, has since the beginning. My girl. My girl, too. Gotta love Sophie Turner. Um, put out an enigmatic tweet that kind of reads, I'll just read it and I'll let you all decide. What do you make of this? From Sophie Turner. Yesterday she posted this. Wow, my heart is broken and full all at once heart emoji. A beautiful, sad, bittersweet day. Now, I read that, Kayla, and I hear I finished filming Game of Thrones. Does that make sense to you?
0: I hear I finished filming and they just killed me off.
1: Do you really? Okay.
0: Well, I want. I'm trying not to panic. <laughs> me too. We both love her. Mm-hmm. I want her to be one of the last ones standing. I'd like that too. And this tweet just really bothered me.
1: I mean, I don't think we need to go that far. I think, you know, it's happened every season. Some people finish their filming earlier than others because, you know, they don't film things in order. There's no need to mm-hmm. do that. And uh, it looks like a lot of the rest of what they'll do is going to involve that big old King's Landing set, which will involve a lot of action stuff. Okay. Sansa not really someone for action scenes, so she wouldn't probably be needed for that. So she could check out a mite bit early if she films all of her stuff.
0: Still makes me nervous, Dan.
1: It, it makes me a little nervous, too. Also, that could be for about anything. Maybe she just was eating a sandwich <laughs> and she dropped it and she can't put it back together again And it's sad and bittersweet and beautiful. It could happen. <laughs> I don't know why I look at me incredulously.
0: Um, what do you all think? Is she sad that filming is over or is she sad because they also killed her character off?
1: I, ugh, I, I, I don't. That can't I, I, happen. I, I, I don't want to think they did. <sighs> um, Brittany thinks that I'm scared of what the results will be, which, yeah. Steph, Dapp, why would Sansa have to die? It's the last season. They're all doing filming It's done filming at some point. I agree, Steph. Yep, agreed. Good glass half full interpretation there. And Emma just says lol. Hopefully, it's something we did. LOL? Yeah. Oh. Is that how you say it? LOL? Oh, lol.
0: Lol? I've never heard anyone say that. Never? No. I just always say it. lol.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe I'm behind the times.
0: LOL is a Dan. LOL is a
1: Dan. <laughs> I mean, they... okay. <laughs> and we'll leave that there. Hope, I, 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 I don't think it means anything, but it's open to your interpretation.
0: Please. Live. Long yeah. live Sophie.
1: Long live Sansa Stark. Sansa Stark. I mean, Sophie Turner will be fine, for sure.
0: Yeah. She's marrying Joe
1: Jonas. She's okay. She's an X Men Dark Phoenix, whatever. Like later this year, I think? That'll be good. Mm-hmm. Good for all of these people, really. <laughs> um, speaking of people who aren't at Seville, Amelia Clark, really quick, is not there, which is the most prominent absence, right? Has to be. I mean, did you
0: say Cersei in the first one?
1: I did. Yeah. She's oh, around. okay.
0: Because at first she wasn't, but then she showed up. And she showed up. Okay. A lot of them
1: didn't sh- uh, weren't there at first, but then they they got around there. Kit Harington too wasn't there at first. Emilia Clarke isn't there, and really, even uh, going with the they're fooling us hypothesis, the, it would have been hard to get her to come in because she is currently busy promoting maybe the one of the biggest movies of the summer, Solo, a Star Wars story. I say one of because I mean God after that Avengers did you see the Avengers movie? No. It broke like every box office record imaginable. It's ridiculous.
0: So I should see it.
1: Oh, I don't. I don't know about that. If you like to, (laughs) the point is she is also in a huge blockbuster and she's touring the you know world promoting it. Um, I thought we'd take a really brief moment to look at the clothes she wore at the premieres in L. A. and then at the Cannes Film Festival. Ah, look at that.
0: Good. Girlfriend knows how to work a red carpet. She really does. So she nice. was at the Met. We talked about that last week. She never has a bad red carpet look.
1: The blonde hair suits it, I think. Yeah. And then at the con, she wore this purple getup, which apparently That took... is
0: beautiful. Look at that so. whole... Hats off to her stylist.
1: Very royal wedding-ish. Actually, I don't know if that's true or not. Is <laughs> it?
0: Uh, that's a little maybe over the top for a wedding, but oh. maybe not the royal wedding.
1: That's true. It's so this despair. one,
0: where is she in the purple? Con. Okay.
1: Like right now. Apparently that took 250 hours to make.
0: I believe that. Do you really? Well, I can, that's just looks like a bunch of tulle.
1: Tulle is like that bunchy silky it's stuff. Like that, right? Yeah.
0: Kind of, it's like almost meshy-ish feeling. Uh, all my ballet tutus were made out of it. Oh, fun. Um, Anything beaded, I feel like would take that long, but who knows? <laughs> Beautiful.
1: Real quick. Uh, I'm not Dapp. a stylist. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but she looks great. Fashion designer. And she's not in Seville, so, but I don't think that means anything necessarily. Steph Up, by the way, says, You didn't see Infinity War. I don't trust if your opinion on anything ever, haha. Whoa. LOL. But.
0: <laughs> well, okay then. Um, Yeah, I, you know me. I, I'm very open on the show about how oh, yeah. I, I, the sci fi stuff. I'm oh, yeah. It's so kind not of like. Not my thing. Sorry. Not for me.
1: of... Anyway, I know most of Game of Thrones fans do sci-fi like that. Sci fi stuff. stuff uh, yeah, it dovetails. Well, again, we've always talked about it's the nice thing about Game of Thrones, that it sort of has a way of reaching across to pull people who aren't into this normally. It's one of the ways it's been a success, I think. Yes. Anyway, speaking about. It's on my list. It's on your list?
0: To watch. Should I just say that?
1: <laughs> sure. You I'll can watch live if you want. Okay. That's fine. Um, speaking of not sci fi fantasy stuff, in the uh, King's Landing set at Titanic Studios at Belfast, there's activity there too. You know, all this is happening in Seville. There's also. A, the, their, diverting our attention almost from other things that are going on. Basically, I put up a picture here of a before and after picture of these two stout towers they built in front of the giant King's Landing set they built at Belfast before last Friday and then after last Friday. So it's before. Before. How nice. Very nice. And then...
0: (laughs) And And it's gone.
1: Bam. Look at that. How fun.
0: I just can't imagine, I, I can't imagine shooting the show, like how much it takes to put into it's this. Just the
1: organization yeah. that it takes. And, and it's like, what, once you blow something up, like you have
0: to be pretty sure because.
1: Oh yeah. You're the not really going to put that back together. Well, Unless I mean, you have to. I mean, they, they built it all in like a period of like four months. They can build it again if they need to. But no, I imagine they shot whatever they needed in front of the finished towers and then blew them up. And now they'll shoot whatever they need to in front of the ruined ones. The point is, stuff's going down. I mean, they also lit a giant fire in front of a green screen. And uh, they're serious. The destruction of (laughs) King's Landing is imminent.
0: And we think this is fire by dragons. I mean, look,
1: what what else could possibly do that? Two towers, they're made of stone, they're fine. And then the next shot, they're ruined on the ground. It's got to be dragons.
0: Dead or Or, alive.
1: I don't know. (laughs) That is, as ever the question oh there you go emma has not seen infinity war
0: you and me both you and me both
1: Emma. <laughs> and Steph says you're sweet when you lie to us lol
0: <laughs> is that a new joke
1: well no she, she LOL. said lol no like, but putting her, the lol yeah um
0: yeah i was honest i said i don't really get into that but yeah fine be honest i mean i liked wonder woman
1: oh you saw wonder Woman. yeah cool anyway definitely that's what's happening and we'll just have to stay tuned for more good stuff dan i think so uh, Kevin, any other closing thoughts before we bring in Mr. Josh Hill for A Song of Ice and Fire? A Song of Dan and Josh, rather.
0: <laughs> I'll miss you guys next week. Have fun.
1: Yes. Thank you very much, Kayla. Thanks, Dan. And now we're going to go on to the second part of our program, uh, A Song of Dan and Josh, the show where fans, had editor, Josh Hill, and I read through um, chapters of A Song of Ice and Fire and discuss them, analyze them, see what we can pull out. Oh, yeah. I've read the books multiple times. Josh <laughs> Hill's never read the books. It's a fun dynamic. It is. Josh Hill, it is your birthday today.
2: It is my birthday today. Hello everybody. Good to be here again. So made it another year. So. Happy birthday. <laughs> you did.
1: We we didn't think you would. Somehow you did. I have to live now because I need to find out where this book goes. That's You've good got point. me invested. So. And if, then that could take you into like your nineties. Well, yeah, so. right. So <laughs> all right. Um Let's get right into it, Josh. Today we read a couple of chapters. I wrote I yeah. like two pages of notes here. I may have gone overboard. Um, we got Sansa 3 and the Eddard 12. Ed, yep. Now, I wrote so much for the Sansa chapter, I think, <laughs> just because it's such a different flavor yeah. of chapter. By the way, we are reading, we're still on A Game of Thrones, the first book in the series. We're reading yep. chapter by chapter. So if you don't watch us come back in three years, we'll be on Like Dance of Dragons. <laughs> Um, I think the reason, and you're getting happy birthday wishes from Karen, from Gracie, from Brittany, oh, from Ashley. Karen
2: Gracie. Oh,
1: from Emma. Everyone is wishing you a happy birthday. all right. Renee. <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the reason I, I, I think I, I like or I'm so interested in the science of the chapters mm-hmm. is because they they feel so different than a lot of the other chapters. to me, yeah, just because <laughs> I, I kind of write about it here. Like a lot of the characters, they're older, and they're just more serious minded. Like mm-hmm. Ned's chapters are all about, um, you know, the gravity of the situation and having yeah. to make these hard decisions. Catelyn's are very much the same. Even Tyrion, who's older, is still in these life-and-death situations, capturing, you know, being captured by Catelyn, mm-hmm. trial by combat, all this stuff. And then you get a Sansa chapter, and, like, her thoughts are just, Loras is so handsome, yeah. why, why isn't Ned <laughs> sending him to go do it? I stand Loras so hard. Yeah. I'm just going to read this one... <laughs> uh excerpt because it's such it's such a great little tween age train of thought i think yeah she's talking about how she doesn't like how ned sent beric dandarian to bring the mountain to justice instead of sir loris sir gregor the mountain was the monster and sir loris the true hero who would <laughs> slay him he even looked a true hero so slim and beautiful with golden roses about his slender waist and his rich brown hair tumbling down into his eyes Bertrand Dondarrion was handsome enough, but he was awfully old, almost 22. The Night of Flowers would have been much better. So what do you yeah. think of that? Do, do you enjoy kind of the, the tone shift we get in these Sansa <laughs> yeah. chapters? It was interesting, that's for sure. Um,
2: but that we, we come to expect that a little bit, because the other Sansa chapter that we had, because this is only Sansa 3, yeah. So it is, the other yeah, one was the, the infamous, the chopping off of the horse's head and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, and that was, we, we kind of had the same thoughts for that chapter too, or it was almost, it re- felt removed from the way that the other chapters are moving a little bit just because it was from Sansa's perspective. And it was from this perspective of someone who is trying to live this high life and is trying mm. to fit in. And it, at her heart is a teenage girl. So it's yeah, not... teenage girl. I think it was like teenage.
1: 13, I guess a teenager, is he 12? I forget, somewhere around there.
2: But it's very, you know do get a little bit of a Degrassi feel, I guess, with a little bit of it. So, which I think is intended because you can't have all of these chapters be these grim, dark adult chapters when you have a tweenage girl, or however we (laughs) want to go here, inside of here. And so, and it also helps give us another perspective because juxtaposed against all of these other big issues in these Mm -hmm. chapters like uh, Tyrion and Bronn and the, the... fighting Ned the champion and, and Ned and all this kind of stuff the biggest issue in this is she's bickering with Arya for most of the chapter so that to me is kind of like boils it down to these big real problems that mm-hmm. are happening with Westeros and then we have Sansa's chapter where it's like why is Loras is too attractive
1: to not go <laughs> to, out and to not get have this? the important mission? Like that's what you base your decisions on. Yeah, how hot he is,
2: and then uh, arguing with Arya. But then in all of it, it comes out of this this revelation for Ned about So yeah, It does does actually goes somewhere. Yeah, so it's not just stupid uh, George R. R. Martin making some commentary on something. It actually advances the plot. So I actually I like that. Yeah,
1: I, I'd almost forgotten that. I don't like not even. I stopped expecting it to to go somewhere plot wise <laughs> until the very end. Yeah. When Arya and Sansa is arguing with Arya back and forth. Yeah. And she they, she basically they, they get they talking about how little Joffrey looks like um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: looks like Robert, yeah. which gives mm-hmm. Ned the light bulb of oh they don't look alike mm-hmm. incest. So he leads them to the Cersei incest thing. Yeah. Which is clever. Yeah. Although it's it's again it kind of shows that Sansa at least is. I mean, again, it goes completely over she, over her head. She yeah. has no idea that she was this yeah, yeah, her she was coming at it from
2: the perspective of like he's different, he's not the same, he's not some old fat drunk. And I'm just gonna read like, uh,
1: her yeah. bit about Joffrey too, because it comes <laughs> into our discussion. I think this is Sansa Stark about Joffrey Baratheon. <laughs> I love him, father. I truly, truly do. Two truly. Um, I love him <laughs> as much as Queen Neris loved Prince Aemon the Dragonite, as much as Jonqua loves Sir Florian. I want to be his queen and have his babies. So she's, she's just, she's, she's tweening out so hard over this cute boy who everyone else has figured out is a a kind of a jackass at Mm -hmm. this point. And it's, again, it's really great that she's off in her own world, but what she's saying is kind of important to the wider plot that we're
2: we're exploring here. Yeah, she's got the old love goggles on. So, but yeah, that was, you know, I, I liked how she was coming at it from that perspective. And Ned, it kind of tied it all back because this chapter was, you know how the the one Catelyn chapter, half of it was the fever dream and then she mm-hmm. comes out of it. This was kind of a little bit like that, where it's like oh, most of the chapter is Sansa and Arya and this kind of world removed from the problems that we've had to deal like with. the kid world. Yeah. Like they're
1: not making these decisions.
2: And then right at the end, it sneaks back into, okay, this all ties mm-hmm. back into the real world problem. So And things, you know, quote unquote, hit the fan. So... Uh, I, yeah, Ned putting it all together at the end and then we jump right into the Ned chapter, which I we liked
1: do. that too. Yeah okay. We'll get to that one second. By the way, Karen says, uh What do we think of how Sansa dreams of lady which she does? All the Stark oh, children yeah. dream of the wolves. They are all warped Which is true. Occasionally Sansa will help. I'm not sure she had it much Flashes of uh, mm-hmm. she mentions her wolf that died. Yeah, it's important to her. All the Stark children are very tied to their dire wolves mm-hmm. Let me get into that a bit of a later date and the metaphysical implications <laughs> I want to ask you one more question about Sansa before we move on um, yeah. so a lot of fans don't really like her in this uh part of of her series at least mm-hmm. and some kind of carry that over and it's based on just her being a lot like you know we just yeah. read her her love of joffrey mm-hmm. the fact that she just she doesn't she, she she brings like it all back to stories she's like a child raised on disney channel original movies mm-hmm. who like is shocked when life doesn't measure up to them <laughs> yeah like she has this bit where she says, like, "Oh, in the stories, the Nights Watch men were all grand, but this guy had a crook backed and hideous. Yeah. And like he, 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 he had lice, lice, Josh, lice. <laughs> it's disgusting." Um, and you know, she she yells that she hates Arya when mm-hmm. she's in her, uh, in private, and she, you know, kind of lords it over, mm-hmm. like you won't dare when I'm married to Joffrey. You have to bow and call me your grace. Like kind of <laughs> acting very haughty. Yeah. And again, the Joffrey stuff. So I guess my question to you is. Does Sansa deserve antipathy for acting a bit a bit bratty at this point, or should we look at her and just say, "Look, teenager's gonna teenage?"
2: I looked at it as teenagers just going to teenagers. so I can't you can't really hold it against her and if anything right. it helps her character arc as we get further on into the story where it's like now we're at a point in the show where she's stepping up and could possibly be somebody that we're talking about mm-hmm. sitting on the Iron Throne perhaps If oh, anybody totally. else gets killed off um and she's definitely in charge ish in the north at the moment so on the show and that's a stark contrast to this Totally which is. happened on the show, and so I really like that. That's that's her arc where she starts as this kind of, you know, fresh out of college, wide eyed look, and then she get
1: gets real hardened by the world of Westeros. <laughs> Dursy says that the word we're looking for is high maintenance. High maintenance, which sure, I'll, I'll accept it. All right? Yeah, I completely agree with you. Yeah, that it, it makes for a great arc. She yeah. does start out naive. She mm-hmm. does start out a little bit clueless, or just her priorities are very different than other people's. Mm-hmm and it shifts and a lot of that's through suffering like that's how Martin changes a lot of his characters Mm -hmm. Theon changes completely Sans changes completely and it's all because they go through a lot yeah um they kind of foreshadow that here when she's talking about oh it was a song come to life dancing in the wind it's all beautiful beautiful and Littlefinger says uh Life is not a song, sweetling. You may learn that one day to your sorrow, which she completely, totally does. Yeah, big time. But it's a journey, and it, it's, it's a fun journey to go on. And I, I really do like what mm-hmm. these early songs the chapters kind of bring in terms of a tonal shift. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, reading a book, it's, it's like listening to a song. It's, there's like trials and valleys. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, hard, hard parts and soft parts. Yep. Got to have a little bit of a, like a flow and a yeah. rhythm to it. I think the songs the song chapters really give it that rhythm. Yeah. All right. I think I'm good. Anything else you want to say about Sansa before no. we move on it to the a, head start It was a good chapter. <laughs> yeah. Alright. So Edard 12, an important chapter. Yep. What happens in this one? This is where
2: things get real for, for Ned. I said it was a chapter of payoffs. Because Ooh, it totally kind of a chapter of payoffs. Everything starts every all the loose ends start getting tied up. Essentially the biggest part, the biggest thing that happened here with me, and I think maybe because I forgot about this on the show, but it definitely stuck in the book, is his meeting with Cersei, where he basically, again, plays the good guy. He does does. the noble thing and is like, look, I know about all the incest with Mm -hmm. your brother. I know about the love childs. The children, the evidence of all of this, and you have to skip town because Robert's going to kill you. It's <laughs> yeah. not I've got you. I'm going to turn you into Robert. Yeah, it's he's skip town. Guy. Yeah, he's skip town. He's going to kill you, and I don't want that to happen. And she turns around and is clearly the wolf in this situation, whereas Ned is more has you know we talked about sons of the chapter earlier, mm-hmm. kind of having this glossy-eyed view of the world and this romanticized version of how life should be. That very much comes from Ned, because he has this romanticized I version. I like that a lot, yeah. Yeah, he's got this romanticized version of I'm going to go off and be the hero, which we've seen time and time again here. And mm-hmm. this is like the last time it's, and this is the last straw. Like, it's not going to work. He's finally run into somebody that is seeing him as almost a fool. And it's like, I'm going to take complete advantage of this situation now, mm-hmm. because Cersei knows that she holds all of the cards. Because Ned, basically by saying get out of town, was like, I'm giving myself up to you. He didn't think that's what was happening, but yeah, now he's Cersei's saying, like, "I the know
1: your secret. Yep, like I know it. You're, I'm letting you know." I'm not sure he thinks of Cersei as someone who is going to be able to really fight back. No, even though you know she has she has people in her corner. Yeah, she has people she can marshal. Oh, sure. I mean, Robert ends up dying, which, mm-hmm. which which is a big part of it. But even if he hadn't, like Cersei has his ear. She has people like Tywin on his side, yep. Jamie, Tyrion. She can fight back. And I think he just assumes if I tell you that, that you need to get out because gonna, we're going to be after you, yeah. she'll do it. And she doesn't. She, she mm-hmm. puts Joffrey on the throne and, and ends up in jail and he ends up dead. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think you're right. This is, this is kind of the, him playing the good guy yep. and getting punished for it. It's his, this is his big, big mistake, I think, is telling Cersei ahead of time.
2: Yeah, and she was she also too kind of gave it to him in a way where she's like, "You have the power right now. Like, she did. what are you doing? You, you if you want to play the Game of Thrones, you're gonna to have to be." So yeah, she actually she, she she
1: she said the title. Everybody she said it. I
2: know. I had that moment where it's like you know you watch a movie and it's like,
1: "Ooh, they just yeah, said the title."
0: The
2: yeah, or like you're watching a James Bond movie and it's, <laughs> it's like, "Yo, I have to die another day." And I'm like, "Ooh, that's the title." <laughs> like that's so that was kind of, that was kind of fun. But yeah, it was the Cersei the Cersei and, and Ned moment. It was very substantial, and it was, again, punctuating that Ned trying to be the good guy actually makes him the bad guy, because nothing's going to get done, Ooh. and now Cersei is in power. Like, nice everything that happens shortly, or yeah. she will be shortly, but everything that happens after this is, you know, Ned's That's not kind of there nice to fool. get in the way, so. And that
1: includes, like, what happens to Sansa and Arya, in a way, even yeah. though, again, he has, he has the best of intentions, yeah. which, which is, again, the, the trick of the book, mm-hmm. that the character who does everything right kind of does it wrong by doing it right. It's yeah. a weird thing. Although, again, you can still like him, but like, like um, Durjney says, poor Ned, never existed a more noble character in literature history. I don't know about that, but he's certainly a very, very noble mm-hmm. guy. But the yeah. point is, in this world, nobility doesn't really get you everywhere.
2: Nice guy finishes with his head off. So. There you go. <laughs>
1: um, so about the payoffs. Mm-hmm. So uh, 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 it's one of the things I like about it. Mm-hmm. Think Things do pay off here. Yeah. Like, you know, we've been wondering for a while, uh, why was John Aaron reading that big book of uh, genealogy that Ned was reading? The one about like you yep. know the the noble the nobility and their kids. Yep. Why was he visiting all the bastards? Yep. Um, it all leads to this. The big secret is big Cersei reveal. and Jaime are doing it, mm-hmm. and all the kids are actually theirs, not Robert's. Yeah. But the, the 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 little fun irony in there is the actual mystery of who killed John Aaron. Mm-hmm. Like this isn't it. No. Like, Littlefinger killed John Aaron. And even though Ned thinks that this is like proof, oh, so Sir or Jamie, so John Aaron must have figured the incest thing out mm-hmm. and they must have killed him. He's yeah. wrong. Like, he, he's still wrong, mm-hmm. even now. And no one's bringing. The only person who brings Littlefinger into it at all so far is Tyrion. Which is. It, it's cool that we get all these payoffs, but they're not. It's like they're they're not the payoffs we were looking for.
2: No, or expecting. Like it's it's hard to pay off a MacGuffin. So yeah, which is essentially what this was, uh, and it was almost like you know everybody had these theories going into the Last Jedi, and none of them paid Ooh, off. So everybody's upset. Cool. It's like. This whole thing was Ned's The Last Jedi, and he was, like, trying to figure it out. And it turns (laughs) out it's really – there's all these revelations that are going to push the story forward, but it's Mm -hmm. just nothing like what we thought it was, and it's even more shocking and weird than we could have imagined. It it, it kind of is. It's, like, it's it's even better than,
1: like, what we got, like, a royal incest um, (laughs) conspiracy – the kids are all inbred and crazy. That's awesome.
2: And it was such like a noir, because we've talked about how this is like, a, in mm-hmm. Ned's, is like chapters are like an old noir film or a normal pulpy book. It's kind of Chinatown here. Yeah, you. it was like Chinatown. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, this is, you know, everything's paying off here. The, the, the detective's finding everything out right at the last moment, and it's a little too late for things, so. But yeah, it was, I,
1: I enjoyed this chapter a lot for yeah, what it was. It was, like, was meaty and uh, much. tense. Very the last question I have for you about this chapter is mm-hmm. uh, about Cersei herself. Yeah. So Cersei, I, I I think you can call her a villain. I mean, she's certainly done villainous things. Yes. Um, I, I do think she exists in that kind of middle. Like, she, she she's not a Joffrey or a Ramsay, where it's no. There's nothing sympathetic about her at all. She mm-hmm. loves her kids. We know that. And um, that's my question for you is, do you consider her a villain here? Because she's done bad things and let, 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 let's try to leave out she will blow up a church later <laughs> yeah. in the in the in the series. Yeah. She hasn't ha- hasn't done that up yet. Up to this point. Yeah. So she's deceived the king. Yep. Obviously told mm-hmm. him, "Hey, these kids are yours. They're yeah. not cheated on him with her brother uh, for years." <laughs> yeah. Um but she she kind of gives her reasons to Ned, yeah. and, and and I guess as my question is, are they okay reasons? Like she says truthfully, you know he's beaten me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know he cheats on her all the time. Mm-hmm. Like he has tons of bastards around. Um, and she j- tells a story about their marriage. When they got married, you know mm-hmm. Robert never loved Cersei. He mm-hmm. like the first night, their first night together, he. Whisper the name of Ned's sister is yeah. true love and she's like, oh great. Well, it's gonna be a fun-ass <laughs> marriage. Yeah So do you think do, do you have any sympathy for Cersei's situation? Empathy a
2: little bit? Yeah, there you because go, it's yeah. like she You can't justify the ends to the means here, but it's like to a point you can understand what Cersei, how Cersei was approaching this mm-hmm. because she was the battered housewife. She was this person who was in a loveless relationship in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. So you can see where she was coming from with where her actions went. Right. We um, think what George R.R. Martin did was take it to the extreme. So you are kind of in yes, that gray area where it's. She's not an antihero, but she's also not a villain. So it's like whatever exists between those two planes. Make a new word for it. Is him. yeah. Well, it's his job. He wrote the book. <laughs> He's a writer. <laughs> I He's was doing. expecting him to do that. Um,
1: yeah. So I, I empathy more than sympathy. I think for for yeah. Cersei. I take your meaning. I like that. All right. Well, these were some juicy chapters. They were. Some good stuff. And I think the uh, import will keep going. The next chapter is a big one too the next Daenerys chapter. I think we'll just read that one for next week because it's okay. pretty important. And then we'll uh, pick up from there. Have any right. other thoughts, Josh? No. On this, was... the, the the day of your birth? I'm happy
2: I could spend my birthday with
1: uh, all of you and with you, Dan, reading Game of Thrones. It was Me too. There you and go. we'll <laughs> spend more time with Josh, more time uh, talking about Game of Thrones news, talking about some fire analysis. Next week, Wednesday at 4 p.m. here on the Windows Prime Facebook page. Thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll see you next week. Have a good one.